experts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm probably not the most environmentally responsible person you'll come across. I say that because I drive this insatiable beast that absolutely refuses to pass any gas station without filling up. And yesterday was no different. But it was the first time in a long time, at least that I can remember, paying more than $4 a gallon. And I'm going for the 89, not the not the 92. I'm not here complaining to you about gas costs because I'm sure you're probably feeling it too. Unless, of course, you're driving a Tesla or an EV. Now, I'm bringing this up because it got me thinking about oil prices. You and me are sitting here both wondering just how high prices can go, gas prices. And what does that mean for oil stocks? I'm Eric Whiteman, and this is Common Sense Investing. So glad you could join me today. One way we could pay for an increase at the pump is by making money in the oil stocks, or at least that's the idea. But have the oil stocks run up too far, and now we're being set up for failure? Probably a good question. Let's take a look at supply and demand. Oil consumption and demand, well, they both cratered in 2020 for obvious reasons. Then, in the second half of 2020, had some easing of restrictions, and that caused demand to pick up. And it continued through last year. Last year, oil consumption increased by about 5.5%, but it's still well below pre-COVID levels. I would suspect that demand is going to continue to increase over the next couple of years as we work our way back to normal. Who knows? We could have another variant, a recession, anything could happen. But I think the odds of demand increasing are pretty darn good. What about supply? Right now, oil production is estimated to increase by about 6% year over year. And that's the first increase since 2019. Again, still below pre-pandemic levels. Despite the production growth, stockpiles should remain below average. And that's because OPEC, or they call it OPEC Plus now, OPEC Plus probably won't be able to meet their increased production quotas. So for now, you have higher demand outstripping supply, which is why oil prices have gone up. It could get worse depending on the geopolitical situation. With Brett and WTI hanging out around $90 a barrel, you have a lot of differing opinions on whether prices can go higher. If you ask me, I think they can certainly go higher. And I say that because if you remember back in 2007, 2008, oil prices traded roughly between $80 and $140 a barrel. If you adjust that for inflation, in today's dollars, that would be between $108 and $180 a barrel. So it does appear that there could be some upside in an already pricey market. I, I'm not going to go plowing into the energy names now, not after this run, not after the run they've just had, because I'm too cheap for that. What I am going to do is hold on to what I have, 
which in hindsight is not enough. Um, I've talked about this in past programs. Energy stocks are not core type holdings. I don't buy it and hold on to it forever. No, this is it's definitely a cyclical industry, meaning it goes through boom and bust cycles. There's a time you buy them and a time you sell them. Right now is the time to hold them. Although that could change at any minute, the way the stocks are moving. If you're getting a little antsy, want to take some money off the table, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. But personally, I want to hang on a little bit longer, especially with the big integrated names like Chevron or Exxon, symbol CVX and XOM. As far as energy stocks go, these are the ones that are the most diversified, the integrated players. They have the upstream, and that's taking oil out of the ground, and the downstream, which is refining it and distributing it. What I think is interesting, though, is that these companies seem to be changing their stripes. It used to be that they were mostly concerned with building reserves, and they were spending huge amounts of money to do it. Now, they seem like they're becoming increasingly focused on their shareholders and trying to return value to them through dividends and buybacks. And when you do that, you attract a new class of shareholders, potentially ones that are willing to pay high multiples, uh, higher multiples for your stock. Historically, a company like Chevron, again, CVX, traded around eight to 10 times earnings. And occasionally it got up to 20 or 30 times earnings. And that's not because investors were willing to pay more for a dollar of their earnings, but rather their earnings cratered reflecting the cyclicality of their business. Right now, Chevron is trading about 12 times this year's earnings or this year's earnings estimates. So slightly above average, but those earnings estimates could get ratcheted up if oil prices continue to climb. So here's today's takeaway. You typically want to sell oil, uh, the oil stocks when they have lower PEs rather than higher PEs. I know this doesn't sound right, but lower PEs reflect higher oil prices and higher earnings, which don't last forever. For today, I'm a holder and thankful, and I'm thankful that some of my gains are helping to pay my uh, bill at the pump. Where and when would I be looking to put some money to work? That's a big question right now. If you're a trader, then I'd be looking at the VIX. That's the measure of volatility. I'd use that to help me out here. The longer term average on the VIX is about 20. One standard deviation about that, uh, above that would be 31. Two standard deviations would have the VIX sitting around 37. And three standard deviations would be about 41. My math is correct. I would look to scale in at those levels. We've seen 31 and 37 in the last couple of weeks. Who knows? I'm not a trader, so I'm going to stick with the fundamentals. On the last podcast a couple of weeks ago, I did my stocks for the coming year. So you might want to go back and give that a, list, uh, give that a listen. And with any of the stocks I mentioned, assume that I own them. I eat my own cooking, as they say. And you certainly have to do your own research to make sure that they're right for you. Let me recap a couple of those because I think they offer good values now. First, I like the financials. And the one that I think has good upside from here is Goldman Sachs, symbol GS. It's trading around $360 a share. 
I think the stock looks reasonable. It's trading just about eight and a half times this year's earnings estimates of around $41 a share. And that's a pretty big discount to their competitors like Morgan Stanley, symbol MS, and JP Morgan, symbol JPM. Both of those banks are trading about 13 times uh, this year's projected earnings per share. And by my estimates, Goldman Sachs is trading about 1.2 times book value, where someone like JP Morgan is trading more like two times. So a substantial discount to them. I'm also starting to look at some insurance companies. If you want to get a head start on your own, go ahead and start your research. If you're a regular listener, you know that I already own Unum, symbol UNM. And what I'm thinking here is that rates are going up. No surprise, right? And that should be good for the insurance group. Most insurers have struggled over the past decade as persistently low rates have had this adverse effect on their earnings, their their capital reserves, and liquidity. What insurance companies do, or rather they try to do, is match their assets with their liabilities. Or said another way, their investment income needs to match their contractual obligations. They take in premiums knowing that they're going to have to pay out a claim in, say, five years. So that limits what they can do with the cash. Higher rates make it easier for the insurers to reach their targeted rates of return without having to wade into riskier asset classes. Higher rates also mean that they can invest new premiums and reinvest investment income at higher rates than what they've been getting. I'm thinking valuations are cheap and relative price to book values are at a multi-decade low. Stay tuned for more on the insurance players. Before I go, I'll mention two more real quick. Again, ones that I mentioned on the last show, but I think they're worth a look. They're BBWI, which is Bath and Body Works, and Gates Industrial, symbol GTES, and I like Gates under 16. Okay, the time tank is empty. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode. Until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. I'm Eric Whiteman, and this has been Common Sense Investing. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talk about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and are not necessarily those of the XML Financial Group. I typically own and trade the securities I'm discussing, both personally and for my clients, but not all of them. Likewise, employees of XML and our affiliate broker dealer may be trading and providing advice regarding the securities I mentioned to their clients as well. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, you should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. 
I suggest you get someone who's qualified in those areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. I like to make projections and other forward-looking statements, which are just that, opinions, and are not actual results and are only valid as of the date of this recording. Things change constantly. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.